0: The Dallas Cowboys accused of covering up some misactions by Ezekiel Elliott after a car crash. Hong Kong says in her protests they're having issues as activists do what they can to keep activisting. Not a word, but I just said it. And the jury finds that Katy Perry did actually steal from some church folks so going back in full circle from her church background i guess well those are three big stories from the week but not quite large enough to be in the top 10 as said per you you like those stories but not quite as much as some other ones so what stories are in the tops this week we'll tell you in just a moment here on the wrap-up show with jay cliff and Payne. this is the show for the week ending august the 3rd 2019 And welcome to the show. I, as already said, Jay Cliff and Payne, and the show, as already named, The Wrap-Up Show. It's a wrap-up of the news that you aggregate, or we actually aggregate it, but you rate it throughout the week at this, thisconversation.com via our social media links for Facebook and Twitter. This is all a part of the Conversation Project, where we do what we can to make sure that even though we are not a mainstream news source, we're not a big powerhouse with big money like Fox and ABC and CNN, we want to make sure that the conversations being had, or at least we're allowing you a chance to have conversations on stories that aren't stuck with Chiron breaking news stories all day long. And we do that by by you do that by allowing us to be serving you on our social media. Every hour, every fifty minutes or so, we post a new link in our social media feeds on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, look for "This Is the Conversation." On Twitter, it's th underscore conversation. And as you see the stories, headlines, things come through. You just engage with them as you need to. Like them, love them, hate them, share them. The more engagement a story gets, the more it gets pulled into the end. And at the end of the week, we put all the numbers in from Facebook and Twitter and put them in a spreadsheet and weigh them out and give you a full ranking. It's more or less fair from all the sources we used all week with the stories that you said were the tops and that you said were the bottom. We handle this with the top ten, which will go Casey Caseman style in the first segment, and in the second segment we have a time where we go over housekeeping—anything that numbers-wise, stats-wise, something that looked kind of wonky—which we'll re-explain another one this week in the housekeeping segment—and we talk about the almost irrelevant story of the week. Over the past week, we posted one hundred, or I am sorry, two hundred and four distinct different news stories, and we'll talk about that one story that didn't quite make it into any sort of relevancy, but this one also—a one that's really interesting. We wrap up the show by wrapping up the entire countdown, rounding out, we should say, rounding out the top 15 stories, going through stories 11 through 15, some of which you've heard the titles in the teas we had just a moment ago stories that didn't quite make it into the range and maybe a little bit of why they didn't but just a quick hit on what they were and maybe next time you'll look for more stories like that we are sponsored by great sponsors out there we'll spotlight warby parker in just a bit and of course you can reach out and help us out directly by following us on patreon and being a patron that's patreon.com slash this is a conversation and we will have a spotlight podcast because it's all about sharing and caring in this world we live in. So we'll talk about a podcast that I listen to, a podcast I'm a fan of. We'll get to that uh, near the end of the show. But right now, let's get into the show show and talk about story number 10. As we said, cutting down Casey Kasem style, the top 10 stories of the week. And these, of course, as said by you. And that story in the 10th spot has this headline. Senator Cory Booker shaves supporters' heads in exchange for donations to Iowa charities. I have read that butchered, but you got the point of it. Saturday, July 27th is the day we posted that story. The Hill is the source of the news story. And here are a few lines, or maybe more than a few lines, from The Hill's write-up on Cory Booker doing the work of a barber to get a little money for charity. Democratic hopeful Senator Cory Booker, D. New Jersey, tried to gin up support among Iowans on a campaign stopover Friday, convincing three supporters to shave their heads in exchange for $1,000 donations to their Iowa charity's choice. The event came during a meet-and-greet Booker was hosting at Platinum Sincture Barbershop in West Des Moines. Video posted on Twitter shows the crowd of gathered around Booker as he shaves a man's head, prompting laughter and applause. The audience began chanting, Corey cuts hair! Reported CA C.A. <laughs> Corey cuts hair. He does a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. Booker thanked the audience for, quote, not thinking it was a joke that a ball guy was having an event at a barbershop. That also came from CNN. The campaign was also soliciting school supply donations for the city's public school system. Booker's visit comes days before he and several 2020 Democrats will take the stage in Detroit for the second round of presidential primary debate. So there's a little more bits and pieces in there that goes into the debate stuff. But this was happening, of course, the Saturday before his debate day, which was Wednesday. And uh, showing kind of the things that you guys are into, the things that you guys pick up on. It is a real source of news. And I hate saying real source, but The Hill is a source that's an insider source for things that are dealing with the Washington stuff. And so it is a quicker, quirky story they put up there because they've got to put up information, too. But thank you so much for popping on this one. If you want more stories like this or less stories like this, just make sure you check out the stories in our feed and vote them up as you like them. The ones that you like that need the most response, like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them on Twitter and Facebook. And the more responses they get, the higher they get. This one high enough for a top 10 spot. Moving on to the next spot with the number nine story for this week. The headline reads like this. Millionaire John McAfee arrested in Dominican Republic. The Miami Herald's our source for this story. Friday, July 26, a day was posted. This gets a bump in response, which means more people were responding to this one, more people engaged in this one than the last story of 1.63%. Now, let's read a little bit from the Herald. And John McAfee, who has been in the news a lot for just kind of being crazy, continuing on his span of crazy, for lack of a better term. Millionaire John McAfee said Wednesday that he was released from detention in the Dominican Republic along with five others. The Caribbean Island Armed Forces and Public Ministry said earlier in the day that McAfee was taken into custody along with U.S. citizens Elizabeth McAfee and Richard Allen Gibson, Robert Whitfield of Germany, Oral Thompson of the Bahamas, and Vasner Lewis of Haiti. It was a whole kind of world uh, nation's of arrest for this one, I guess. They were suspected of traveling on a yacht carrying high caliber weapons, ammunition, and military style gear, according to officials. McAfee tweeted, I was well treated. My superiors were friendly and helpful in spite of the helpful circumstances. We decided to move on. More later. McAfee developed early internet security software and has been sought by authorities in the U.S. and Belize in the past. This is a highly respected businessman, at least at one time, a highly respected, uh, respected technologist and a man that just goes through a whole lot of crazy these days. You can find more information on these stories, all the stories we talk about, all the links are at the website on this week's posting for the podcast. So check out thisisconversation.com and click the link for this week's podcast and you will see links to go deeper into all the stories we're going to discuss today. Story at number eight headline is, Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, banned neighbors from speaking to them. That's the headline. Saturday, July 27th, the day was posted. This was the most responded to story on Facebook this week. It's at the 8th spot, and it had a bump in response from the number 9 story of 4.81%. Page 6, as tends to pull these stories, is the source for this one. So let's read a little bit of what they had to say about Harry and Meghan wanting to not talk to their neighbors. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle off to a rough start with their new neighbors. Handlers warn people living near the royal couple not to talk to the pair, pet their dogs, or ask about baby Archie, among other top rules, according to report. Locals at the couple's Frogmire Cottage Home on Windsor Estate are also prohibited from offering laborly favors, such as babysitting or dog walking, the Sun reported. Pleasantries, specifically Good Morning, are banned, and commoners are forbidden from placing letters in the royal mailbox. Quote, it's extraordinary. We've never heard anything like it. Everyone who lives on the estate works for the royals and knows how to behave respectively, one resident scoffed. We aren't told how to behave around the queen like this. She's very happy for people to greet her. Another quote, an overly protective palace official issued the Royal Commandments at the recent meeting of the residents. Sun reported, it's unclear how locals who break the rules will be punished. Uh, So you can go deeper into the story by going to the website and actually read it better than I read it there. Uh, But this is something that's an interesting take on the flip on Meghan Markle. Here in the States, it's still American princess, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Over there, she's still sort of the interloper. She's still intruding into the royal family, and she being a lot of things that aren't normal for the royal family, is a sense of curiosity and a sense of pure hatred. So we can understand why people don't like these these rules. We also don't really understand the rules ourselves. I'm a little too proud to say I'm a get off my lawn type guy. I'll yell at pretty much any kid or any stranger wandering by the yard and just kind of meandering for more than 20 seconds. So I sort of get it, even though, yeah, it is rude on an extra, extraordinary level, but I still sort of get it. The stories in the six and seven spots are numerical ties. Their score is exactly the same. Their bump and response difference between the eight and the five story, a bump response of 4.59 from the eight story, exactly the same, but we don't like ties when posting these things out. We like them to have, their own specific spots. So to designate which one was higher scoring in the six to the seven, we go with the youngest story being more popular. Essentially it got there faster. So the younger story posted on Sunday, July 28th will be the sixth story. The older story on Friday, July 26th is the seven story. That headline is the woman behind overly attached girlfriend. meme is quitting YouTube and Business Insider is, oddly enough, the source for this story. As we said, Friday, July 26th, the date was posted, Five point four point four nine percent bump in response from the number 8 story. Uh, let's get a few lines from Business Insider, who are going to tell us about a woman getting out of the YouTube game. Lena Morris, 28, the origin of the overly attached girlfriend meme, announced on Tuesday that she was quitting YouTube, the platform that led to her viral start upon seven years ago. In 2012, Morris took part in a contest held by Justin Bieber, who was looking for someone to create a girlfriend song to go with his hit Boyfriend. Morris's submission, a three-minute parody video of Boyfriend, called Girlfriend, portrayed Morris as a super committed, super jealous girlfriend. video resonated because of its funny lyrics, but also because Morris sang most of her song without blinking, staring at the camera the entire time. The Morris' girlfriend video went viral, interacting, attracting millions of viewers and sparking the meme where people can post Morris' pictures and add funny captions describing what an overly attached girlfriend would do. Morris filmed more parody videos over the years and appeared as a guest in many other YouTube videos. She was also featured in a video from Delta Airlines and interviewed celebrities on the red carpet in 2012 American Music Awards. She also appeared on the, Perf- the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick and a late night with Jimmy Fallon. During the peak of her YouTube days, Morris posted videos about once a week, but she stopped posting regularly after August 2017. She uploaded one video in August 2018, and on Thursday, she posted her final video. Morris said in a 30-minute video farewell to her fans that she was dealing with depression and anxiety and was seeing a psychiatrist plus taking medication to help deal with her mental health challenges. She said that seeing others in the media talking about mental health, specifically the actress Kristen Bell, helped her accept herself. Here's a long quote from it. It's very important to me that with this video, I do mention my experience and let you know that depression is hard and it hurts and it can make you feel crazy and it can make you feel very alone. It can make you feel like you will never fully get better because there are highs and lows and the lows are so low but when you are feeling good, it can be really scary because you don't know how long that feeling will last. When you start to feel bad again, it can be scary because you thought you had gotten over it, right? Like, I get it. I know how hard it is. There's more to the actual article. There's a little bit more in the article plus link to the video that she left at the our website, click the link for this week's podcast. Go to this is a and click that link. You can see links to all the stories we are reviewing today. So you can get deeper into all the stories and you can tell me which story in particular you're not a fan of this one. I'm a big fan of because I deal with the same issues myself. I'm a creator. I'm a person. i have my depression issues and I know how the struggles and stress of getting things out there. And yes, trying to be liked by people who you don't know, can get to you. So congratulations for her understanding what she's dealing with and for her being brave enough to explain it to us. The number six story, as we said, virtual tie with the last story, Sunday, July 28th. The day was posted five, 4.59. Keep doing that 4.59% jump in response from the eight story headline is Tesla will add Netflix and YouTube streaming to its cars. In gadget with the story. And that one, that sounds like a horrible idea, but I'll let you be the judge of it as I read you a few lines from the story as presented by Engadget. Never mind playing in your Tesla. For many, the dream has been to catch up on shows while charging or waiting for a passenger. And that vision might soon come true. Elon Musk has revealed that Tesla cars will soon, that's in quotes, offer Netflix and YouTube streaming so long as the car is stopped. He didn't go into details of the functionality but claimed it would have an, quote, immersive cinematic feel, since you're sitting in the posh seats with surround sound. You should eventually have the options to watch on the move, too. Must add it that Tesla would allow on-the-move viewing once regulators approve self-driving abilities. You probably won't want to hold your breath for that one when autonomous driving is so far only legal in very limited capacities, but this does suggest that one day you'll catch up on Stranger Things while you bring your EV to while your EV brings you work, should say. So check out more on this one. There is a lot more to get into. It's not a, even a really detailed article, but it's a lot more issues to deal with in the thought process of allowing you to sit in your car and watch videos while your car drives you around. If you think that's a cool thing, we can talk about that. Email me at theconversationinbox at gmail and we can chat on these things. Maybe there's a story that you don't like so much. Chat on that as well. Simply send me an email. We'll chat it up, and we'll see how we go with that part of the conversation. Let's keep it moving to the number five story. This gets a bumper response from the 6-7 and seven of 1.95%. It was posted on Friday, July 26th, and the headline reads like this. Orioles win epic 16-inning game, 10-8, to eight, as Steve Wilkerson becomes first position player ever to earn a save. Because this is a source of love and very much pride for Baltimore, we sourced it from the Baltimore Sun. Here are a few lines from their article. Stevie Wilkerson's strange night in the Wildest Orioles game of the year included a three-run defensive mishap in center field, a game-tying hit from the batter's box, and a major league first on the pitcher's mound. Wilkerson pitched the 16th inning of a 10-8 victory over Los Angeles that ended Friday morning, becoming the first position player in the Major League history to earn a save in Baltimore's longest game of the season by time and innings. Afterwards, amid the Orioles' best clubhouse celebration of 2019, Wilkerson received a shower of various liquids, knowing only, quote, it didn't smell too good, Uh, quote, I don't think I've wrapped my head around it yet what a wild game that was just crazy I'm glad I could go out there and be part of getting us a win that was from Wilkerson making his third pitching appearance in 2019 Wilkerson a utility man who has played second in all three outfield spots for the Orioles retired Brian Goodwin Cole Calhoun and Albert Pujols in order in the 16th after Jonathan Villar hit a go-ahead two-run home run in the top half of the inning go deeper into the night and deeper into the story about what happened by going to the link inside of this week's podcast. And you can see the links for all the stories there, but you can get full details and go even deeper into the story at here on this great achievement. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of the conversation all day long and quick congratulations. We're all sending out to Wilkerson for that amazing feat in baseball this week. The number four spot this week, DC hotel attack, About a dozen teens caught in wild video beating man. Apologies for totally butchering that headline. We got that from CNN, the headline and the story we'll talk about in a second. Friday, July 26th, Friday, July 26th, butchering the dates now. uh, Also, when we posted it, and this gets a very slight bumpy response of just 0.48%, just about half a percent. Let's get you some lines and see how well I can butcher that story up from CNN.com's website. Police are trying to identify a group of teens who were caught on surveillance video beating two men outside a hotel in Washington, D.C. The video, released Wednesday, shows what police and witnesses say are teens between the ages of 13 and 15 beating a man to the ground and then continuing to assault him as he was down. D.C. Police Chief Peter Newshaw told reporters on Thursday that there may have been as many as 10 or 12 suspects on Friday, police announced a 17 year old juvenile male had been arrested and charged with aggravated assault. While police are still investigating, Newsham said the beating might have been a case of mistaken identity. Go to the link in this week's podcast and you see the full details on how this thing went down. The short answer is the kids were waiting outside a hotel and they saw a guy and they jumped him and beat him up and there's a second guy who was restrained from the the beating who was basically yelling that no no you had the wrong guy whether wh- how this down thing came about is still a mystery there's been no update to the story since it came out this is a story that's effectively a week old something that happened last week and because of news cycles and last week a lot of strange Donald Trump weird racist tweeting we had a lot of things that got pushed away and fell into the cracks. And this is a story that took a while to gain traction to have stories written about it. No updates as of yet. Unfortunately, a story that's a sign of the times. If it's worthy of an update, something that gets put back in rotation, we'll do our best to put, make sure it's in rotation here. and let you guys evaluate and put it to wherever you want it to be in the list. The story at number three, this week leading Putin critic, Alexei Navalny hospitalized with mysterious illness. Axios has the story. Sunday, July 28th, the date we posted it, a bump in response of 7.14%. A few lines on this story, and it may not seem like it's much of meaning to us here in the States, but critics of Putin being attacked or or coming down with mysterious ailments is something that always brings up a bit of curiosity. Russian opposition activist Alexei Navalny was discharged from the hospital and sent back to jail Monday, despite suspicions raised by his personal doctor that he was poisoned with, quote, unidentified chemical substances, unquote, not suffering from a letter's reaction as had previously been reported. Navalny is an anti-corruption lawyer whose fierce opposition of Vladimir Putin has caused him to be arrested and jailed by Russian authorities a number of times. Navalny's spokesperson says he has never had an allergic reaction in his life, raising questions about whether his illness could have, in fact, been a product of political retaliation. Putin has been accused of poisoning or having political opponents assassinated in the past. Check out the link for more details on this one and some of the things in the background of Alexei uh, Navalny. And you be the judge on if you think Putin's behind this or just something random. And if once you figured out what you thought about it, email me at inbox at gmail.com and we can discuss this article further offline. No President Trump in any of our stories this week. Very little Democrats at all, Cory Booker being uh, the, the biggest one out there. But the biggest story regarding a Democrat happens to be essentially the same story that was posted about two weeks ago because the same thing happened after she was on the debate stage. Number two, Miriam Williamson, most searched candidate, after, during Democratic debate. That essentially happened last time, but we didn't post it. This time we did, and it's our number two story this week. Tuesday, July the 30th, the day we posted it, basically right after she was done. Bump in response of 21.78% from the three story. Yes, we want more Marion Williamson, but we're not going to go deep into this article today because it essentially says the same things it said a couple times. She was the most searched candidate during during the debate, and people are wanting to know more about her. And I even made some really, some really, I guess, weird but not necessarily out of character from the things that I post, just not on this particularly, most, more or less joking about her. But she, right now, ain't so much a joke. While this time during the run for election two years ago, when President Donald Trump was sort of in this thing, and he was ahead of everybody being the outsider, She is obviously not ahead of anyone, but she is definitely an outsider. She has her own views. A lot of people think she's really weird and don't understand how she's gotten this far. But what she's doing, what like Trump did, is talking to people, not like a politician. In fact, a lot of things she said based on the politicians out walking each other uh, really made a lot of sense in the debate issue of the conversation. Conversations aren't being had notes and stats and different banterings going about in the process. So do you want more Marianne Williamson in your life and maybe even your White House? I know I don't want her in my White House, but I think I need a little more Marianne Williamson in my political life, at least for the time being. So if you believe that's a yes, and many people don't believe that, but many people do. We can talk about that offline. Email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We can talk about that issue and other issues as well. We'll see what's going on. Of course, a lot of searches going for right now. We'll see if it goes away when the election is done and see how much of that dark psychic force she can actually take along with her or maybe battle on the way to the presidency, which she will not win. Let's get to this week's top entry. As per you, the stats first, the number one Twitter story for the week, and obviously the top story of them all for this actual week. This story has a bump response from the number two story on Marion Williamson at 23.36%. A bump response from the number 10 story, which had Cory Booker shaving people's heads for exchange of money, which is how barbershops actually work, of 83.7%, and a bumpy response from the Almost Reven store this week, story listed as number 204, we'll get to the details on that one in segment two of course, that bumpy response was 2,153%, the headline reads like this, rescuers reached Girl Scouts hit by lightning and hurt in BWCA, Star Tribune from Chicago is the source for this one. Saturday, July 27th, the day we posted this. A lot of stories that lasted the weekend and beyond this week. So big stories popping up to start the week and slowing down for this weekend. We'll see what happens coming up next weekend. But we have the story, and we will read you some lines from this one. This is a truly amazing story that you've got to get the details if you didn't hear about this coming up. As we said, a lot of stories you do hear are about things that don't get covered because of things stuck on the chirons all day. So this is one you may not have heard the full story on. Hopefully this will help. A search and rescue team evacuated a group of Girl Scouts after lightning struck during thunderstorms that rumbled across the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness on Friday night. At least two girls in the group were injured. The group reached a landing at the edge of the BWCA about 4 a.m. Saturday, with all accounted for, St. Louis County Rescue Squad said in its statement. At least two girls suffered serious injuries from the lightning strikes, authorities said. After reporting, quote, acute symptoms that have us concerned, unquote, law enforcement officials said, quote, all patients are awake, alert and able to move without assistance, unquote. The Girl Scouts of Minnesota and Wisconsin Lakes and Pines released a statement saying that all the girls were back at their canoe base Saturday morning after being checked at the hospital in Ely. According to another statement, no one was directly struck by lightning, but, quote, they might have experienced ground currents, unquote. The party of nine, including a guide, reportedly called for help from a island on Knife Lake near the Canadian border. Initial reports said it was a group of six. St. Louis County Rescue Squad sent an eight-member group ground crew to trek into the chain of lakes to reach the group, Rescue Squad members Rick Slayton said by cell phone. To reach the area, the members had to navigate five portages. A statement from that Search and Rescue Squad said this, Search and Rescue is always able to use motors in the BWCA to effect an emergency rescue. We transported canoes to the first portage by motorboat, then switched to paddle portage mode. A request to Army National Guard Black Hawk Helicopter was not available Friday night, so emergency operators worked with Minnesota State Patrol Air Support. The team knew the group's location because of Outfitter was able to give them the campsite number. The girls ranged in age from fifteen to eighteen years old, Slatter so said. Officials didn't know where the group was from. That's the full story from the Star Tribune. So very glad that all those girls are very safe at this point. And very glad you guys picked a story that had a very happy ending for this week's top 10. Not some of the more chaotic ones we've had lately. And if you want more chaos, then apparently you did not do your job well enough this week. So what is your job to make this whole thing work is very simple. We post stories linked to the social media accounts for the conversation Project and this is a conversation.com. Every 50 minutes on Facebook, look for this is a conversation and follow us and make sure we're set to be a default in your feed, not some sort of back channel thing. And of course, on Twitter, we are th underscore conversation As the stories come down the pike, as they do, you just respond to them in kind. If you like them, like them, love them, love them, hate them, hate them, share them. Respond to them, respond to me, give all the engagement you can to each and every story that catches your attention, and they will rank as high as possible in the countdown. Now, coming up in just a moment, we're going to get to not the worst story of the week, but the almost irrelevant story, that's story number 204. We'll explain to you what it is and why it is. We'll also go into detail again about what we do for tiebreakers here on the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne from This is a Conversation and the Conversation Project. This is the show for the week ending August the 3rd, 2019. Warby Parker offers great eyeglasses. Check. Warby Parker offers great eyeglasses at a very affordable price. Check. Warby Parker allows you to, by mail, test out five pairs of glasses and lenses for free until you check the ones you want to keep. Check. Warby Parker is one of the best buying experiences you can get, period, not just for eyeglasses. Check. Check. Warby Parker does something that's amazing. It takes care of its customers, which a lot of people aren't doing a great job of these days and you're just kind of stuck with them. But they take care of their customers by giving them something that's easy to do and allowing it to be easy. If people have decided that we should give people in faraway lands and third world countries access to good eyeglasses for very cheap, why can't you get access to great eyeglasses for very inexpensive at your own home? And Warby Parker has made that experience perfecto. They have stores as well, so if you happen to be near a Warby Parker store, you can get the full experience minus the whole mailing thing right there in your city. But if you're not, it's really super convenient to get great eyeglasses that start at $99. Designer glasses, designer frames, great lenses. And as we said, you pick five and you can try them on and wear them around for a bit for absolutely free and just send back to ones you don't want to keep. We have an extra special deal for you if you go through our link at our website. Simple. This is the conversation.com slash Warby Parker. This is the conversation.com slash Warby Parker. Or you can see the link inside of this week's podcast uh, posting. It's there at the bottom of the page. Warby Parker will take good care of you, and we're so glad to spotca- spotlight them for taking care of us as one of our sponsors. So trust me. These guys want to be your supplier for your next glasses and your next glasses will be great because of it. Check them out. Go to our link at our website and visit to get the great experience from Warby Parker. Housekeeping and take care of today. First off, we're going to address a conversation I've had with many old time people who've listened to the podcast from its inception, what it was supposed to be and how we worked things out. And people who want to go back and have the brackets game, the brackets game essentially was replaced by the almost relevant story of the week. And the brackets game was a even longer segment because it was a short interview with people out there in the world. And then they get a chance to choose the story bracket style from the top 10 of what story they wanted to kind of expound on for the week. We don't have the logistics oddly enough to make that work out right now. So that has not been a priority. It's been a priority to make it to make the logistics work, but actually doing it has not worked out as well as we like, because we thought that's what really made this podcast. What it was, it's really made it interesting was going through the top 10 stories from you out there in the world and then letting somebody respond to a specific story, not be here just to pitch their thing, which is cool, but respond to a news story in their own perspective and that news story being a more or less surprise. So we're not going to be able to bring the breakfast game back anytime immediately. We're hoping for some semblance of November will have some way to make this happen consistently and move forward a great help would be a sponsor for the brackets game. So if you want to pony up a little bit to get your business and your service, your group to uh, get a little extra love inside of the podcast, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and just say brackets game sponsor. Good enough for just say, I got money. I'll figure that out and we will have a conversation based on what we can do for each other. Meanwhile, we do have housekeeping to talk about in the way of the tie thing and the tie break. Now, we had a tie last week, so this is essentially the same response we gave last week. But what happens when we do the numbers for the conversation from Facebook and Twitter? We we put them in a spreadsheet that weighs things out based on the impressions that they get and the engagement inside of the actual uh, posting. And, And that goes from clicking on the link, and it goes from liking, loving, sharing, all that stuff. There's a little bit of weighing going back and forth based on how things are put down there, but it turns into one big single number to rate for top to bottom. When we do that, we also leave up all the stats that we use to break it down so we can see that as well in case it's curious. And in the cases like this, we have a tie. We use it so we can see exactly how things can be shifted. Now, we've gone back and forth on how we're going to do the tie breaks. At this point in time... And this is where we're planning going forward. It could change at any time. But at this point in time, we had settled on the number one factor of breaking a tie now being the date it was posted, the age of the post. And we're going with the older post being less important, i.e. the post that was post later in the week, the post that had less time on the scale, the post had less time to get to that number was obviously more engaging because people engaged on it on a much greater level than the one that had been there in a few extra days, so had a bit of a head start. So the younger story wins first. If that if they're posted on the same day, we just go by day. We don't go by time of day. If it's posted on the same day, then we go to the engagement score for Facebook first because the Facebook engagement score tends to be more dynamic than the Twitter engagement score. The Twitter engagement score, score is basically bam or nothing. The Facebook engagement is more dynamic and more things going back and forth. So we made that the second criteria for going forward. And that's basically how we're going to do this going forward as it stands going with the various ways we've rated this thing. If we went by Facebook engagement, then the woman behind the overly attached girlfriend meme leaving YouTube would have been the higher rated story. The number six story based this week. And also it being the oldest story would have done it as well being posted on Friday as opposed to Sunday because, We've got what seems like a better, fair way to judge this thing. The Tesla story, having Netflix inside your Tesla, posted on Sunday, being a younger story than the Friday story, seems to be a better fit. So we're going with that. Now we're going to go to an actual story story. And the quick explanation of the almost relevant story of the week was we wanted to keep a third segment or three segments to the show. So we needed something in the middle to showcase. So we showcase a story that's at the very bottom on the list and how it got to be there was we cut the list off early in the morning. We record this on Friday. So sometime between five and seven in the morning or so, we chop off the the, the, the responses and we go from there and whatever stories at the very bottom of the list is called almost irrelevant. It's mostly irrelevant because it didn't have enough time to gain traction, and sometimes it's something that's really, really important that just hadn't had time to get any any love. In fact, there are chances where the Almost Relevant story actually makes its way all the way to the next week's top 15-ish. This one won't because it was posted on Thursday, so the cutoff was before the friday window so that won't happen thursday the first the day before we actually record this thing the headline is north korean soldier defects to south by crossing dmz at night this is becoming a bigger story in the headlines i've seen it in the news along today but didn't see much of it other than the posting that we put in late into the evening for the night the relevancy is basically irrelevant other than the fact that it's 2,153% less relevant than the top story. That's all the relevance you need. But as a real story, it is an actual real story. I'm going to read you some of it from The Hill and what they had to post on their write-up for it. Enough Korean soldier crossed the heavily fortified demilitarized zone, DMZ, late Wednesday night and affected the South Korean forces. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said Thursday. The Washington Post reported that the unidentified soldier made the crossing just before midnight and was detained along the Injin River by South Korean forces. Quote, a South Korean soldier on guard duty first found an unidentified object floating in the river via thermal observation devices, which was later confirmed as a person. The military then took him safely into custody in accordance with the due protocol, the official told Yonhap News Agency. This is more in that from that official. The man is an active-duty soldier, and he expressed his desire to defect to the South. Related procedures are underway. Now, currently it is unclear whether the man was injured during his successful escape, and it was successful he got there. As another North Korean soldier was in 2017, when he led soldiers on a dramatic chase during the unsexual defection attempt while being shot several times. The story goes a little bit more and goes basically into detail about what's next for the U.S. and North Korea in their talks for denuclearization. So you can read more about that by clicking the link for this story. This story as well is listed with all the stories we talk about today. Uh, But that's the the gist of the story. A man successfully, and it happens every so often, this is one of those so often, someone successfully made a way out of North Korea and defected at the border. As we said, back in 2017, one man came through and ended up being chased and shot, so he It got across the line, but didn't quite make it to the finish. Bad pun intended, unfortunately. Coming up in just a moment, we will get to the shout-out, showing extra love to the people who showed us extra love this month, including, if I can figure it out, the Patreon love. And, of course, rounding out the top 15, the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10, what were close, but not quite close enough. Coming up in just a moment on The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Payne. This is the show for the week-ending August the 3rd, 2019. Their website is very simple. It just says have peace delivered in your inbox and the piece they're talking about are Bible meditations, real Bible lessons, Attached to meditative songs and music, I should say, and meditative verses, meditative thought to go through for about 20 minutes that you can listen to anytime you want to. A new one released every single day, and you can use it for your morning start, your midday pickup, or your evening sort of lay down, if you will. This is something that I basically stumbled into a few weeks ago, and now my excuses to not get my bubble study are now gone because every single day, I have a 20 minute encounter with Encounter. The website is encounteringpeace.com. You can find their find their podcast at Encounter the simple name. It's a very easy to find. There's a big just a blue circle with an E in it. Encounter offers you just like I said a daily Bible meditation. So I don't really go into spirituality and all those things uh, here in this podcast usually is the angry, blacky, black, black, black stuff. But I do have a very, very defined, serious faith and very serious in my faith. Unfortunately, time in the world to get in the way of getting things done th- those ways. But here you can subscribe to free audio meditations every single day. You can subscribe via your email and get them that way or subscribe to them via your apps for your podcast. So that's why we're sponsoring or we're, we're not sponsoring them. We are show, showcasing them in this part and they are a partner with you version as well. So the most popular Bible app is a source of support for this podcast. So you version was probably going to be there for a while encounter would be there for a while. So check it out. If you're not spiritual, then maybe you want to give this one a, a skip for this week. But if you're looking for a way to sneak in a little extra Bible study, this is a great way to take care of it. Their website is EncounteringPeace.com or look for the Encounter podcast on whatever podcast app you like to use. This is a different sort of podcast we're spotlighting this week, but it is what we're spotlighting for this week. It is time for shout outs where we send shout outs to people who showed us extra love in every extra space we have Facebook and Twitter every single week. And the first of the month we go out to Patreon and ask for the folks. And we'll add more folks as we have more ways for people to sponsor us as well. But Patreon, our main source for sponsorship, and we thank the folks who give us a little bit of money to keep this thing going right now. uh, We have three sponsors two of them are anonymous but one who really does deserve much praise uh happens to be the owner of the world's most dangerous canine rudy and the praise he's giving is to rudy because rudy deserves it but we thank the owner for actually putting in his credit card information and sponsoring the website this is a conversation and the conversation project and of course this here show thank you so much owner of rudy your appreciation your love is so much appreciated it's 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 overwhelming now let's go on to the more traditional ones every week we talk about folks who gave a little extra response inside of twitter and facebook starting off with twitter this week uh, uap uh, i'm not sure what the uap is for but they uh, gave us some likes on some things this week also aarp goddess one of our usual suspects tim franklin bonehead pundit was in the house lululu l-u-l-u-l-u also the ways we were and Jasmina Zinkovic, thank you so much for giving us love on the Twitter this week. Extra spots there as well. Now on to Facebook, people who gave a little extra when they gave their responses in doing things, replying things on Facebook as well. Shout out starting with Ruth Ann Miller, Big O popping in as well. Peter Thiel, Ruth Ann Miller again because I can't read my listing. Uh, Stacy Turner, uh, Tony Brown, Jim Techvilvich. Ski and also Kevin Clay. Thank you guys for joining in for the love there and um, reply back. If you hear yourself, let me know and let me know where you guys are. So we can do more conversations. You can do that by simply emailing us at inbox at gmail.com, and we can keep the conversations going as long as you want to conversate with me. Now we're going to wrap up the conversations literally for the show by rounding out the top 15. These are the stories not quite in range for top 10. Obviously, they're 11 through 15. The stories that were close, not quite close enough, and we'll get into what they are and maybe little bits of why we think they didn't quite sprinkle in for enough magic to hit the first segment. And starting with story number 11, which is basically right there in the rankings, but not quite there, came from people.com. We posted on Saturday, July 27th. As we said, a lot of stories that we had this week were posted early in the Friday to Friday time range uh, and just stuck around. But this one, not quite enough to push over the top and make it into important. by important meaning basically in the top for the first segment, not the third segment. Let's read you a bit the headline, of course. Once Upon a Time actor Gabe Kuth dies at 46. Devastated beyond words, co-star says. Let's read you a few lines from this one and talk about the man. Gabe Kuth, perhaps best known for his role as Sneezy, Tom Clark on ABC's Once Upon a Time, has died. He was 46. According to his friend, actor Peter Kelmus, Kuth died on Tuesday after appearing to suffer cardiac arrest while riding his motorcycle. This quote coming from Twitter, Gabe always put a smile on everyone's face. My deepest condolences to his family and friends. RIP. You kind, kind soul. Hashtag heartbroken. Hashtag gone too soon. That tweet came from his friend, Kalamus. Once upon a time, co-creator Adam Horowitz remembered Coops as, quote, a lovely man, a great talent, an indelible part of the show since the beginning. But more importantly, he was our friend. He will be missed. Lee Arnberg, who played fellow dwarf Grumpy, tweeted that he was devastated beyond words, hailing his TV brother as sweet and spicy, hilarious and lovable, and a pure talent. There's plenty more in the story, so click the link inside of our website. This is com. the link for this week's podcast, and click on the story and learn more about the actor, uh, the person, the character, and all the love that came pouring out to him from this show. The show may be a niche show. But it was beloved by a lot of folks. It was one that my wife and I both actually watched before DVRs were really big, pretty much live every Sunday because it was our thing to watch the show. So uh, a lot of people love the show and love the characters and a lot of love going out to uh, this character who was a real person, the real person whose name, of course, was Gabe Cuth. Not quite as almost there, but still almost there. Story at number 12, Dallas Cowboys accused of police cover-up in Ezekiel Elliott crash lawsuit. This story posted on Tuesday, July the 30th. The source for this was TMZ, and they tend to be a source of these types of things. So let's get you the story per them on what went down with Zeke. Maybe, since we say there's a cover-up, so maybe what went down with Zeke. The Dallas Cowboys conspired with police to cover up Info from a 2017 car crash that would have sidelined Ezekiel Elliott from a crucial NFL playoff game. So says a new lawsuit obtained by TMZ Sports. The suit stems from a January 11, 2017 car crash, four days before the Cowboys played the Packers in an NFC Divisional Round game, where Zeke slammed his GMC Yukon into a BMW 750 driven by Ronnie Hill on his way to Cowboys practice facility. Hill claims that Zeke was obviously at fault because the running back was running late to practice and had, quote, barreled through a red light, unquote, causing more than $33,000 in damage to his Hill's vehicle. Hill claims he suffered serious permanent injuries in the wreck. Hill says the impact of the collision was so intense that two vehicles were, quote, wedged together and they needed a tow to pull them apart. I'm going to skip to the update they gave later in the day, 6.16 p.m. on the day when they posted this. Uh, Frisco police department released a statement in response to the lawsuit on Tuesday, denying the allegations, both parties to the crash were offered medical attention and both refused. Emergency medical services were not required by either party. Either party was treated or transported. So click the link inside of the website for this week's podcast and you can see more of the details. Of course, I skipped from the middle of the regular story to the very end update saying that whatever claims medically were there are kind of odd because no one took any medical attention. We know about Ezekiel Elliott Old Zeke having issues outside of college and some inside as well. And because he works for the Cowboys, there's a good chance that things did get covered up. But you still have to go through due process anyway. So we'll see if anything comes from this one. Of course, this stems from something that already passed. We'll see if the Cowboys can actually get this cleared up, or we'll keep the possible cover-up. The story at number 13 this week, here is the headline for it. Boy, young boy accidentally finds 65 million-year-old dinosaur eggs while playing outdoors, which goes to say maybe your kid should be playing outdoors more but that's the story we have here Friday July 26th the day that this was posted Uh, so I guess beyond the joke of the boys and boys just being outside more in general here's what happens the good things that happen a very good story that was glad to have but not quite having it in a high enough spot would say it's a science lover's dream and Ross from friends dream you're walking down the street minding your own business when all of a sudden you come across a nest of fossilized dinosaur eggs That dream became a reality for one young boy in China when he came across not one, not two, but 11 of the eggs while playing outside with his mom in Heian City. The eggs, which date back some 65 million years ago, before the reptiles became extinct, measure approximately 9 centimeters in diameter and are still relatively intact. The young boy, called Zhang Zi said he initially saw, quote, many discarded walnuts in the soil where he played in the open space in the east bank of the Dongjong Bridge in the city on Tuesday, July 23rd. Upon closer inspection, the third-grade student told Heiman Radio and Television Station he saw what looked like a, quote, cement circle, unquote, in the ground which resembled a round stone. The boy's mom, Li Zifeng, told reporters, Her son was enrolled in the third grade at Bae Young Primary School in Young and usually likes to read books on dinosaurs. Lee went on to say that the school also regularly educates the students on dinosaurs, telling them that they should inform their parents or the police if they find dinosaur eggs in the wild and hand them over to the country. Check out the link for this inside of our website. This is com. Of course, while you're at the website, you can click on links for sponsors and find out how to be a patron as well. But click on the link and get more details on this one. This is one of those stories that is one of those really interesting ones that just sort of pop up. And apparently it was interesting, but not enough to pop up into top 10 material, but pretty, pretty close for this week. The fourteen story is one that definitely continues on the tales we've been having lately about Hong Kong and the protests. Headline, Hong Kong protests, activists disrupt, rush hour trains. Posted this from the BBC on Tuesday, July the 30th. And so some lines from this story, which we continue to talk about the Hong Kong protests, because it's it's it's, it's a fight for the sovereignty of a nation, nation state and just kind of the, the human rights in general between a nation that basically does not observe any rights, and a state, nation-state, which up until now had plenty of rights, but because of the weirdness of colonialism, colonialism, or maybe reverse colonialism in this case, those rights are being challenged. Hundreds of protesters in Hong Kong blocked access to commuter trains on Tuesday, causing widespread disruption during the morning rush hour. Activists prevented trains from leaving across the city. Some blocked doors while others sounded emergency alarms. Crowds of passengers were left stuck on subway platforms and services were badly delayed for much of the morning. Anti-government protests have rocked the city in recent weeks and are causing ongoing disruption. The demonstrations began over a controversial bill that would have enabled extraditions to mainland China, but they have since morphed into a broader movement focused on democratic reform. There are some quotes from various people who actually were stuck in the traffic, stuck in commuter traffic because of all the protests, but they were not upset with the protesters. They were in support of the protests and the movement as a need for reform. There's also deeper details on what went on, including lots of pictures of and video of what happened. So go to our link inside of the website. This is the conversation.com, the link for this week's podcast for the week ending August the 3rd, 2019. And you can see. The details and read some of the words of people who were stuck and late getting to work that day but were happy about protesting, oddly enough. And finally, the 15 story this week uh, we go to the trial of Katy Perry or specifically the song Dark Horse, and we find that in this one, whatever she uses to win mostly didn't work out this way. The headline Jury finds Katy Perry hit Dark Horse. ...copied gospel rap song. ABC 7 is the source for this one, and it is a interesting story for those of you who follow the music business... ...and follow how cutthroat it is to get a popular hit song. And it gets really, really complicated in an actual back and forth. Like I said, the, the story comes from ABC 7... Um, probably Los Angeles, I can't tell. In Los Angeles. And so I'm not going to read the story. I'm just going to give you the details of it and you can check out the full story or look it up online. Basically what happens is Katy Perry's hit Dark Horse has been deemed by a jury to be stolen, at least the, the, the hook from it, stolen from a song made by Joyful Noise, a Christian rap group, and released by a man named Marcus Gray who used the stage name Flame along with the, the band. So... Flame and Joyful Noise and their song that they released so if you I had a chance to listen to a commentary go over this and the commentary guy was kind of kind hey what on this end but it was essentially listening to the hook and the hook from Joyful Noise's song sounds very similar and, although maybe a bit sped up from the hook used by Katy Perry's song and so that's how they basically deemed it as something that was stolen from the different songs However, some people have actually argued that in this case, what was being used is a fairly common, simple tool, maybe a a chord progression, something like that, that you can't really call your own. Chord progression is just going from one chord to another. So some people say that the lawsuit actually was unfounded because it was essentially basic musical tools. But you can go much, much deeper in the story by clicking the link on the website to this week's podcast website, of course. This is com, and then when you click on the link for this week's podcast, all the links from all the stories, all 16 we covered from 1 to 15 to the jump to 204 will be there so you can get deeper into those stories. And since I've told you that, that, we are done for the week with all the stories, and we are. So now it's time to thank you and almost non-graciously get out of the way. It never quite happens graciously, but we do that. We try every way. We try really hard each week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of all the conversations we've had this week, whether inside the social media or directly via email. Or, and some folks are actually message back and forth. So thank you so much on that. And you can follow The Conversation Project at checking us out on our website, This is conversation.com, Or you can really be a part of it by responding inside the social media. On Facebook and on Instagram, find us at thisistheconversation.com. On Twitter, look for TH underscore conversation. And as you see our stories coming through your feeds, about one every fifty minutes or so, respond to them like you want to. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, respond to them, do whatever you want to. The more engagement a story gets, the higher it goes into the rankings and then what we get is the top 10 for every single week, the 10 best stories, as said per you, not as per said by some news director some places. And being a former news director person, I know how important it is to pick the top stories, but then I know what happens when you don't pick stories people don't like. So that's there as well. It all comes down to a podcast. that comes down every single week, this one, the wrap-up show with Jay and Payne. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on episodes of What you're basically your hard work and to make sure we have more people in the conversation, make sure you're sharing those social media platforms with other folks and sharing the podcast with people, share it with friends, share it with enemies, share it with random strangers. Take a random person that you're just seeing on the street and take their phone, ask them what their favorite podcatcher is. And if they don't have one, put yours in there because they're because it's all about you sharing the love of this podcast. Pull it up. Subscribe to the podcast and hand it back to them and tell them you're going to love this. And then go find some more people to subscribe for us because we need more subscribers. You can also help us out immensely by just checking out the website and checking out sponsors. This week's main sponsor, our spotlight sponsors, if you will, is Warby Parker. Go to this is slash Warby Parker for an extra special deal on what they're already offering up. Great glasses for a very affordable price. Also, check out our spotlight podcast this week, which is at encounterpeace.com, or just look for encounter on your podcatcher. If you're missing out on your Bible study, here's a way to catch up on that one quickly and simply as well. Don't forget about being a direct sponsor by going to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash this is a conversation or this is a conversation dot com slash patron. It'll send you a link to that Patreon page as well. And of course, we'll show you love at the beginning of the month. If you are a great patron, other ways to patronize us also online as well. But the most important thing you can do is just be here next week for another great podcast based on the great work you do. We curate and we pull the stories in, but you tell us which ones are actually the most important ones to you, not just program director guys doing that work for you. So thank you so much for doing that. You can have deeper conversations with us by simply emailing us the conversation inbox at gmail.com direct me directly at jclevenpain at gmail.com or check out my main website for other details and other things got going on other things i've got going on more grammatically correct at jclevenpain.net thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you if you want to give more become a patreon sponsor or to go to our sponsorships inside of our website and just keep on keeping on coming back next week for another great episode of The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Clifford Payne brought to you by The Conversation Project and this is TheConversation.com.